South Sacramento, and on this very special but solemn day, which we like to call Good Friday. It's part of the Triduum, and in the Catholic world, the Triduum encompasses uh, three uh, special days. It starts with a Holy Thursday, which was last night, and then Good Friday, which is today, and then the Easter Easter. Uh, celebration, which is on Saturday, the Easter Vigil for us in the evening, and then Sunday morning continuation of Easter. Well, I hope many of you were able to take this day off work if that was possible for you. Some of you that might not have been um, problematic if you're in sheltered because of the COVID virus, you had this day off. But even for um, those that could not have the morning off, hopefully you were able to uh, get off at noon or at least take an extended uh time off at noon. That's a very symbolic time of uh, really Jesus being crucified on the cross and then uh, his uh, passing away at close to 3 p.m. in the afternoon. Um, well, anyway, I thought we could take a couple of minutes and really just kind of think about and ponder what our relationship is with Christ and and how we're going to be celebrating this over this triduum and, and uh, this being Good Friday and also uh, Easter. Uh, starting on the vigil Saturday night and then Sunday. Hopefully you can uh, really prepare yourself. This is a day in the Catholic world of fasting and abstinence. Fasting uh, really is set uh, with some standards for the Catholic faith. And uh, I'll try to explain this to you and see if uh, if uh, if I don't mess it up in regards to trying to be clear about it. So fasting in the Catholic world is not saying that you're going to go without food and water for the whole day. It's just uh, a way of us uh, significantly reducing what many of us do eat. And it's a way for us to just have some hunger. And then when we have that hunger, it's the reminder of our hunger for our relationship and desire to be with Christ in our life. And so what our standard is, is you can have one regular meal uh, uh, on our fasting days, and then you can still have two smaller meals on your fasting days. But get this, the two meals, when added together in size and caloric count, cannot equal the same, cannot be more than what one regular meal would be. So I guess the way to say that is, is we can have one regular meal on our fasting days and then two small half meals, <laughs> but we should have really no eating in between meals. You can drink all the water that you like to drink. And then that's our fasting days in the, in the church. It's also a day of abstinence for us. So abstinence means that we don't have any red meat, uh, on, on days of, uh, abstaining. And, uh, that's a long time tradition for the, uh, for the Catholic church is, uh, to, to stay away from red meat on our days of abstinence. Well, for almost all of us, I guess all of us, um, we will not be having our traditional public services. And, uh, and for, for so many of us, that's going to be a big void in our life to not uh, gather as a Christian community together and to be able to worship in a shared faith um, in a community setting. Um, I'm really quite bummed in a lot of ways that I'm not going to have that. That's been a part of my life um, forever. I don't think I've ever experienced an Easter where we didn't gather as a faith community together. 
Um, I am quite surprised and delighted by um, really the outpouring of the virtual masses, the virtual stations of the cross, uh, the virtual prayer sessions that uh, are happening almost continuously on the internet. So many of these uh, just wonderful priests have stepped up and are um, uh, transmitting um, different spiritual different exercises and things on the internet. And I think it's wonderful. I think in, uh, because of this COVID for the first time that I think many members of, of the Catholic faith felt inspired to use technology to get the word out. You know, I was kind of reflecting on that a little bit because I think the the Protestant faith, they've used technology, you know, quite, quite well to do what they do. But uh, I noticed been watching, you know, the priests and different people um, using this technology to do things over the Internet, which I would say would be very, very similar to what you see on TV as well. But it's quite different because I think when you when you think about the Catholic mass and the celebration of the mass, it doesn't translate over, you know, technology or the Internet quite the same way as it does when you're in person because really what is what although there's many many elements to the mass um what is central to the mass is the uh the the eucharist is is celebrating the eucharist and the eucharist actually transforming before our eyes or at least in in, in our presence uh, with through our eyes of faith that it does it does transform into the body and blood of Jesus Christ and then what happens that's so spectacular is that we get to actually connect intimately with our Lord and Savior uh, through the consumption of that uh, holy host and the blood of Christ and there's no way that that can you know translate over the internet or over TV um, like you know the Protestant face face, which that's not um I'm assuming I don't know other face intimately, but what I've always been told is that you know that the you know the Eucharist is not part of of their belief system, at least not in the way that the Catholics believe in it, and since that's so central to our faith that uh it's what it what's a big difference in the celebration um plus I think in in really the Catholic uh liturgy is very solemn it's very deep in a lot of ways um, not only intellectual I think emotional in the sense that we're drawn in into the mystery um, of, of really the mass and, and what it is and it's a it's a less emotionally driven which I think that some um, other services might be um, through some of the Protestant denominations where they have the the, the, you know, the music that draws you in and, and does a lot emotionally to you, where I think um, the, the Catholic liturgy is really meant to draw you in on a very deep and, and, and spiritual and um, just, just uh, I don't know if I have the word, but I guess mysteriously in some way is it draws you in to that spiritual world. Um, and it's just a beautiful thing, especially when liturgy is done well. Um, it can be so holy and solemn, and it can just take you right to some place that's very, very special. And that just really can't be replaced. 
So I'm really hoping that our churches can open up pretty soon and, uh, and that we can, um, you know, spend some, you know, quality time intimately uh, with Jesus, especially as we have the ability to consume his body, blood, soul, and divinity through the Holy Eucharist. I think, though, you know, especially during these times where we don't have the ability to take him in um, the way that we'd like to, that we can at least think about a spiritual communion. And maybe we can just take a moment and I can share some thoughts to you about uh, spiritual communion. You might first ask, you know, what is spiritual communion? Well, St. Thomas Aquinas described it as an ardent desire to receive Jesus in the most holy sacrament and a loving embrace at him, with him at a time in circumstance where we cannot receive him in sacramental communion. In the past, instruction manuals gave as the most familiar situation the need of a mother to stay home from Sunday Mass to care for a sick child thereby missing the opportunity for communion. In such cases, the mother could make an act of spiritual communion, uniting herself with the Mass in her parish church and receive the spiritual benefit of communion. The opportunities for receiving spiritual communion are limitless, but our current circumstances of the coronavirus and the pandemic emergency make it especially appealing to us today. So, today, there are many Catholics who desire to attend Mass, but due to the cancellation of the public Masses, the in-sheltering, and for some who have been even quarantined, they are not able to receive Holy Communion. But they are not prohibited from receiving Communion spiritually and receiving strength from the grace of the sacrament. Spiritual Communion needs no special instruction, it only requires the same disposition as the actual reception of the sacrament and in turning to Jesus with the heart. No particular prayer or formulary is required, though there are acts of spiritual communion in Catholic prayer books that help us to focus on a proper intention. One of the most popular is that composed by St. Alphonsus Liguori. Let's take a minute and ponder these words. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most blessed sacrament. I love you above all things and I desire you with all my heart. Since I cannot now receive you sacramentally, I ask you come to come spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you are already in my heart and I unite myself to you completely. Please do not let me ever be separated from you. Amen. Well, I hope you have a nice, blessed Good Friday. I'm not going to say joyful because I don't feel that it's a joyful day. We can be thankful for what Jesus did for us, but I think at the forefront of our minds... We should be thinking about just who he is and what he did for us and that he took upon himself our sins, he who was sinless, really to suffer and to die for us. 
May you ponder this wonderful day, this wonderful day of great significance, and I hope you have uh, just a blessed, blessed Easter season. May God bless you and forever keep you. Thank you.